0: Hello, quick trigger warning for this episode. We do briefly talk about sexual assault, sexual harassment. You will see that I think it's like a little bit over an hour into the episode. So I just wanted to give a trigger about that. Uh, We do get into a really great discussion here, though. We also talk about certain words that you might not realize are slurs and other good topics. So I think it's a really good and interesting discussion. It went to places that we were not planning, but I think it's a really great conversation and I uh, hope everybody enjoys it. Thank you so much. Hello, and welcome to this special episode of It's a Fandom Thing. I'm very excited because we have an interview. We haven't had an interview in so long. And as people know, I love doing interviews. So I'm very excited to have Tara Jabari with me today, who she also has her own podcast, which we'll put that information up here shortly. I'm going to have her introduce herself in just a second here. Um, But just a quick little housekeeping note I just want to put out there is once again we are taking listener support if you want to subscribe to the show for just $2.99 a month head on over to our anchor page or click the links in any of our show notes and it'll take you there or go to our Facebook page go to our link tree you'll see it there and we just recently released an episode discussing freaks and geeks that is only available to subscribers and it was a lot of fun because it was the first time I had ever watched that show which is surprising because it's a show that's like tailor made for me. If you subscribe, you will be able to watch that show. I mean, listen to that episode, excuse me, where we geek out about that, you discover whether or not I'm a freak or a geek and whether or not our panelists are as well. Okay, so Tara, if you wanna give us just a brief introduction and a little bit of your background. My name's Tara Jabari. I am a digital media consultant.
1: Um, I've helped mostly nonprofits and small businesses Uh, but I've played around with a few other things like production companies and stuff like that with their online presence. My original training was like uh, producing and editing films or short documentaries, but I graduated college at around time where something called Twitter came about and no one knew what the hell was that. So they were like, figure it out. So I was, I'm a millennial. So we were like given the guinea pigs to figure it out. And it sort of turned into more than that. So I call it all sorts of digital content. It's not just video. There's images because Instagram is huge now, photography, graphics. And then uh, Twitter allowed it for a different kind of writing structure as well as copywriting. Um, and then podcasting. I was involved with some podcasting since 2015, helping people produce their podcasts. And then during lockdown... I decided, I always heard of the story of Lydia Zemina. She's the daughter of Dr. Zemina who invented the language Esperanto. And she traveled through three continents, multiple countries between two world wars to teach Esperanto, which was rare, as well as being a single woman. Um, And there were multiple attempts to save her life, but she did die in a concentration camp in Poland. And I was just very drawn to her story. I was like, this is a great movie. Multiple films have been made to make this film by me. Never happened. So I said, why not make it into a podcast? So I did. It's called Who Was She? And I enjoyed that process so much that I've started working on further seasons, including one on Hazel Scott, uh, who is the first Black American ever to have had her own television show. She was a mm-hmm. jazz and classical pianist. So then I was gonna promote who was she as well as my freelance work and through that I got in touch with all these cool podcasters and I thought what else do I have in my sleeve and my graduate it's not technically a thesis but it was the same amount of credits. It's an independent study during graduate school where I studied parasocial relationships and I offered um, to update it for the digital age, which I'm sure we'll get into. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, definitely because And that's when you you reached out to us after we did our toxic relationship, sometimes toxic relationship between fandom and celebrity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like we were saying before we started, I think I didn't even realize we were covering that subject. And that's what we were actually covering. And I had no idea. I was just like, I had just listened to the podcast about Jeremy Renner. And I'm like, oh, this will make I don't know what
1: happened to Jeremy Renner. What was going on? You guys were talking about it and you never really specified. I'm like, what did he do? Did he call Black Widow a slut
0: again? He's, well, he's done that. He said some other things. He supposedly, I have to say, supposedly for legality reasons, mm-hmm. um, his ex, who's the mother of his child, said he threatened to kill her, all this other stuff too. Um, and I just think with, with Jeremy Renner, what happened with him is I think his ego got the best of him and he was just so excited to be in the superhero world that he wasn't paying attention to (laughs) the art or to what he was saying or to who he was
1: over there I feel like
0: yeah yeah I I mean yeah so he's cut he's just it's sad to me because I loved Jeremy Renner for so long (laughs) I will say
1: (laughs) when I was reading 50 Shades of Grey because of course I read it Um, It was a girl who graduated college with a job right out of the bat. I was like, that's the real fantasy. (laughs) I did picture in my mind a couple of people, but Jeremy Renner was, I was like, I just feel like he would so play this and well, (laughs) (laughs) so for me, it was sort of, funny. I always think of that. Um, But yeah, things have changed, but yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's sad that that happened. And I think that can happen. And also our relationship with celebrity can change because of that.
2: It can.
0: Yeah. So I want to get into that because and I know you said it wasn't technically a thesis, but your thesis in grad school did cover this parasocial relationships. And what was it about that that intrigued you? What attracted you to that?
1: My dad jokes. He he was like, so you're basically writing your autobiography. (laughs) harsh um so first so i was studying communications culture and technology at georgetown university and i concentrated mostly on how our communication personally professionally has changed in the digital age like now is the first time that we can be contacted by our bosses in the middle of the night because if something pops up your mind you're like oh i need to email them something Mm -hmm. and then you can do it right away i mean our phones are never too far away from us um so i was sort of studying that and there's a bunch of communication theories and terms like uses and gratification and all sorts of stuff presence theory but this came up parasocial relationships or parasocial interactions Mm -hmm. kind of entertainable Uh, and it started in 1956 by these, I believe they're sociologists, they're doctors, um, Donald Horton and Richard Wool. And it was because they sort of, in 1956, that's when television started coming into people's living rooms, right? Before Mm -hmm. it was really just radio or you had to go in person to watch a concert or to watch a play or something like that, um, or the movie theater now you had it in your living rooms and you usually had like a nightly news person um i love lucy was a huge show uh now on hulu um (laughs) (laughs) but it was and there was reports that like crime actually went down when I love Lucy was on because everyone was home watching it. There was really like two programs, three programs on TV um, mm-hmm. and stuff. So it, it's an interesting fact that I learned, but what else happened? You started developing these, it's sort of like a personal relationship with the media. So if a news anchor was sick and they had a substitute People have been watching this news anchor with their families, eating dinner in front of the TV every night for weeks on end, and he's gone, right? Uh, usually it was a male. Uh, so they were like, well, what's this? Where's Joe Snow- Smith, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they'll call the studio. They're like, what happened? And they're like, Joe has a little bit of a cold, so we have, you know, Jack Smithson <laughs> come and sup. So people would actually start sending soup to the studio because they didn't know where Joe lived. They just, they also, you know, like he's in my prayers, all sorts of stuff, right? So Horton and Wool were sort of like, now this is starting to get weird because the studio, the anchor, the media, like Lucille Ball doesn't know you individually. She knows you as a statistics and she knows that people are watching, but she doesn't know Aaron or Tara, right? Mm -hmm. Right? So it's para, meaning one-sided, parasocial relationships. And there have been a little bit of updates, but I don't think it's really been updated since the 80s. So when I was reading it, I was like, there's no mention of, so basically they say it's no longer parasocial if you reach out to the media because now you've made your individual self known. But here's the thing, now there's the internet, right? So if we can tweet if we can comment and like something that they've done online, does that mean that we've just made our individual existence? No, I'm trying to win Bingo. So let's say George Clooney.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, hi, Bailey, hi, Bailey. Sorry, I just... Briefly saying hi to her so she, she knows she can still play bingo. Okay, <laughs> She's one of our biggest fans. So, so, so let's say George Clooney. I don't know. Does he have social media? I don't think he does. No, I don't think he does. I think he's one of those that like avoids it. He's smart. For the sake of argument.
1: Or someone from Queer as Folk or Eurovision.
0: <laughs> That's just awesome. We even got the Eurovision in That's usually Carla's thing. So that was pretty awesome. (laughs) Will Ferrell or
1: whoever directed Eurovision or whatever. Um, I don't know if Queersfolk is coming back. I can't remember which ones are coming back or not.
0: But. Yeah, it's a re, it's a reimagining of it. I wish it would come back with the. That's my all time favorite show. Okay. I wish it would come back with the original so cast. Let, but. So
1: let's say use this example. <laughs> I'm sure somebody from Queerist folk, whether it's the writer, usually it's the actors, the on screen mm-hmm. presence that that we kind of associate with them. But some of the actors, and you tweet to them and say, "I wish this was not." a reimagining of it. I wish it was with you guys, you know, 10 years later, 20 years later, since the show ended. You know, you guys were so great, right? Under Horton and Wool's definition, that would be considered no longer parasocial, because now they know Aaron Mm -hmm. watched it, loved it, wishes we were back on it. I argue it's still parasocial, because out of the many different followers they might have or engagements they might have, it's still kind of like a number, sort of like how the numbers of the stats for the television, for the anchors and I of Lucy, unless they reply, right? Who's an actor from Queerest Folk? Do they work on HBO Max, perhaps? <laughs> yes,
0: bingo, I got it. You already got bingo? Yes. That's amazing. I am not know what to uh Maybe perhaps
1: they work on something on HBO Max. Anyway,
0: who's, who's somebody from Queer as Folk? Um, Gail Harold. Gail Harold. Gail Harold, yeah. Um, it's his birthday today, too. So. Happy birthday, Gail.
1: Um, so if you're like, Gail, I, I loved you on Queer as Folk. I wish you would be coming on in this reimagining of the And he liked it or said, that's really sweet, Aaron. I loved working on that show. Thank you. And then Aaron collapses. And (laughs) that's where I was like, so that's no longer parasocial. Now, here's Mm -hmm. the thing. If I had, I I finished at a master's. I don't think I want to necessarily get into a PhD, but I always toy around that if I ever really wanted to, I really would like to concentrate on two, between two elements. One is with parasocial relationships still. Mm-hmm. And one is, okay, it's no longer parasocial, but we are connecting like never before. Mm-hmm. How did we get connected? I, I think I tweeted at you. You did. That's
0: how you, yeah, that was the first connection. Which
1: you would you after. say that this is a business relationship, acquaintance, friendship? Like there's nothing really that says like something that was connected solely on the internet, we don't really know what it's considered, right? There's not really a term. It's not really acquaintance. It's not really a work or friendship. It's something all purely made. Like I got in touch with um, Shannon from the Game of Nerds and we hit it off really well. But I'm on the other side of the country, sometimes the world, but I, I I, do, like, I send her an email. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, did you see the trailer for this new thing? This new Marvel
0: uh, movie. Uh. <laughs> She's just going to keep naming them. So, Bailey, you can get a bingo, too. <laughs> a cat, and the cats are <laughs> sleeping. So here's the thing
1: about parasocial relationships. Musicians and athletes are a whole other ballpark. I didn't touch it because it's just mm. crazy. I feel like, honestly, like, Truly, like Marvel, especially Marvel, Disney, DC. I already got bingo, so I don't care. It's uh, <laughs> a whole other, it's almost similar and supernatural. I haven't even touched the surface of supernatural. And what I like about the show is that they do reference the fandom in the show. Like They're mm-hmm. like, why is there gay porn fantasies about... Dean and Sam were brothers as characters. Mm. And it's a clearly a commentary of like, Jared and Jensen basically are brothers for each other. Like stop fantasizing about us kind of thing. Um, but you know, Misha and Jensen are, is fair game apparently.
0: Well, and it's interesting with supernatural too. And I know this is kind of going off of the questions here, but that just made me think, you know, recently um, There was a big, big rush up in the supernatural fandom because there was an announcement that there's going to be a new show, and Jensen. Jensen's oh, producing Jared. it. Yeah, and supposedly he didn't. And Jared did. Jared has this thing, and I've already gone off on my feelings on this because I'm totally not on Jared's side <laughs> at all. Oh, but okay. he he has a thing of using his fans. He's done it before, and he'll go to social media. He's complained about like you know, like putting like, um, like people on blast that don't cater to his needs, like hotel workers and like airline sort of I think wants to, and he'll like dox them on social media and he puts their picture up and he goes off on them for sure something they might've done. Like something like they might not have given him the customer service he wanted. They might not have known who he was. Um, he was in a, barroom brawl not like a couple of years ago And, and so he'll go on there and he'll do that and he'll plaster the name and he knows he knows this just because he's done it before that his fans are so rabid fans you know they just will defend him they will they have gone after those people where they ended up shutting down their social media where they felt physically threatened um, you know, because they would be threatening these people. And then he'll come back on and say, oh, no, 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 no. Please be nice. I didn't mean for you Do to you go Do you think he's them. doing that on purpose? Oh, yeah, totally. I think he's completely doing it on purpose. That's, I mean, that's my, so I just think that's an interesting, because I'm sure that's, because I don't know, would you consider that part of parasocial relationships? Because or not yeah because that just popped into my head when
1: the. (laughs) yeah like that because what i was thinking and again it goes into the music realm the the swifties with oh yeah uh, multiple times but i think the last year uh, that show from netflix is this part of that no oh oh, i already got netflix um But music mentioned. Georgia, Ginny and Georgia, they make a comment like mm -hmm. something like, you're a slut like Taylor Swift. I don't know. I'm not saying that. That's what the show said, something like that. And they went mental. The certain fans got really, really upset. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about that is that they would go to the actor. Do you hear the cat? Yes, I do. Yes. There you go. So they actually go to the actor and the poor actors like i just said the line i didn't i didn't write it i i didn't direct it i didn't you know i'm just an actor saying mm-hmm. the words which is often why i use the example for queer spoke like what's an actor because we usually think of them on screen I, again one of the reasons why parasocial started in 1956 is cuz two senses were being used on a regular basis uh, no longer just your ears for audio like yeah. talk radio now you've got your visual Right So two senses. Um, and music, to be fair, is a very intimate thing, right? I there are certain songs that you will listen to when you're super happy and you want to dance there's certain, certain songs you would listen to just purely just cry your eyes out and stuff. So it is very intimate, but when the fans get involved, they sort of attack too much and you also don't know the whole story. I did one. Uh, For the Game of Nerds, a blog post of a good example, because Demi Lovato, Mm -hmm. and I believe they go by they pronoun. I could be mistaken, but I'm not sure. So just in case, Demi. Uh, Demi had that drug overdose. And in this YouTube documentary series that I watched, um, Dancing with the Devil, uh, a friend of Demi's who was there the night that Demi had overdosed, was attacked. She lost jobs, she's a dancer and a choreographer. She lost jobs, she was blamed, like how could you let Demi take drugs and all that stuff? Now this documentary gave the chance about a year or so later, that the friend didn't have any idea. A drug addict has a tendency to be really good at lying and and stuff and Demi is no different as they say. Mm -hmm. Demi says it, Demi's parents say it, all sorts of stuff. So the friend had no idea. And she was this innocent bystander and a victim of the of the damage that Demi put on herself, excuse me, on themselves and others. Now you can hear it from their story, both sides. Demi's story of, I just wanted the drugs. This is what I was going to do. This is how I did it. No one else knew I was on drugs. And from the choreographer side, she's like, I, she was drinking, Demi was drinking sparkling water. I had no idea anything was wrong. Something was off, but I was tired. Demi said to go home or something, you know, like you hear it from these perspectives. What would you do at that situation? Right? For, I don't know the situation for Jared, but if, if a hotel manager wasn't very nice to them or somebody there Everyone has a bad day, right? So you can't always be in a good mood, right? And that's the problem with these, these social media. Like you always feel like you're on call. Do you know the, the game, uh, the account De Moi? No, so, um, I don't. So it's French for to me, means nothing. But it's, it's really blown up. But I've been following it for a few months and it really blew up. And it's basically anonymous tips not tips, but anonymous uh, people talking about interactions with people in the media, people from Real Housewives. I don't think Supernatural came up, but like actors, singers, athletes, all that stuff. They're like, you know, I saw Jared Padalecki and he was really sad in mm-hmm. Subway and stuff like, you know, all that stuff. Or There was one on my love, Ben Affleck, and it made me really happy
0: to hear about it.
1: Um, which I remember it was circa 2003 when he was with Jennifer Lopez and he, he was back
0: in- with Jennifer
1: Lopez. I know I know <laughs> and I I wish he could make it work with Gardner but he screwed that up real bad Benjamin um but you know I get it I like Lopez I like her work ethic um I'm glad that they have their kids and all that stuff and hopefully it'll work out until I'm around so anyway But it it was like this story, and why do I remember it? Because I was in love with Ben Affleck. And I'm gonna get back to your question, don't worry, I I didn't forget it. But he was, they were saying, my mom, this is an anonymous person who tells Demois, who shares it, um, and says, you know, in 2003, 2004, he was really down on himself, loner, you know, the paparazzi were everywhere. He's in his hotel room in, I think, Boston. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a maid at the hotel and she came to clean his room. He's like, it's fine. Come in here. And they start to chat because he's from Boston, same area kind of thing. He didn't grow up with the glitz and the glam and all that stuff. So he liked having this real person, you know, like yeah. somebody from his childhood kind of neighborhood area. And they start talking and, and somehow she's like, my mom brought up that, you know, money troubles and all that stuff just as a conversation. And so he went and he took, I think her phone or her cameras, maybe there was a way to take a photo and he made himself throw up or something and took the picture. And he says, if you give this to the paparazzi, you could make easily like $3,000 and that'll help you with your debts. Are you my, serious? Yes. Do you wow. see why I love it? Uh, okay,
0: that kind of changes some, some oh, wow, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And she said, you're
1: very kind. I'm not going to. And she never did. But he was like, I like you. And this is how I can help you kind of thing. Um, and and I would say like some people might argue like, why didn't he just offer to pay her that? But maybe she wouldn't. She's not going to use the paparazzi photo. She's probably going to not take his money either. Right. So it was a really, I was like, I love that. I love that. now it's become more like, you know, I saw Taylor Swift and she's so nice. But then I saw Justin Bieber and he is such an ass. You know, all sorts of stuff. You don't know what the day is like. And it's weird because a lot of waiters will come on and they said, you know, the person, the celebrity or whatever, will always ask, what's your name? And tip really well and all that stuff. So I have found myself somebody who's not famous at all. Well, now I'm on the. It's a phantom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you're, you're like, going to be yeah. <laughs> um, But I have found myself and be like, and what's your name? Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. And then I'm, I was like, because you don't know. I was like, oh, my God. Because you want to make a good impression, but it's also. Yeah. Anyway. So back to your thing is like, okay. So see, this is why I'm not going for my PhD, because this is complicated. Um, <laughs> I did present at a comic, a. Uh, DC Awesome Con about this, the year that I did my independent study, Mm -hmm. and they had a good question, like, if you reached out to, like, somebody in the media, how do you know if it's from them or somebody on their team? Would you still consider it no longer parasocial? Like, was it Ben's assistant, Jared's assistant, or something like that? I was like, that's a good point, because it's not technically from Jared, Taylor, whatever uh i don't know necessarily but i would kind of say no unless he went for the sake of argument you went specifically and went you know to this hotel at hotel guy you're mean to jared and you should get fired and then jared comments directly underneath that and said, Aaron, I'm sorry. you like, I was just in a pissy mood. Don't take it out on this guy. I'm sure, you know, it's, let's move on with our lives. Hmm. If he did an overall tweet, like fans, I love you, but we're taking it too far. I would say no, because it's still a general kind of hmm. thing. Yeah, it, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Cause you know, and Bailey was saying, well, I about that there, there was this show and this is to the extreme, but there was this show. I don't know if you ever watched the show, the following, with Kevin Bacon it was this yes. show that you said oh, so I started, freaky. I, was, about I stopped that. watching. <laughs> yeah, the guy that would, you know, where he would convince his followers to kill people and yeah. do stuff. Yeah, that show is freaky. And, and Bailey said it kind of reminds her of that. I mean, that's an extreme level. But I think that that can be true, even if the celebrity isn't doing that, even if they're not doing that on purpose. Like yeah. with the Taylor Swift example... She didn't, at least that I know of, she didn't come out and say, I'm really mad about this, go after them. She
1: didn't do that. But she just because said, the you fans know, I were, wish she didn't make such a sexist joke. Yeah, because you mm-hmm. don't say that about John Mayer or something like that. Somebody who's dated, a lot yeah. of people. Um, which is freedom of speech, right? You can do whatever you want with that. Um, and I do sympathize because it's it, they, they do have a following usually a very young impressionable following not always but impressionable being a key word it's tiring to think like if i don't say something about netflix making this joke about a female singer mm-hmm. then it doesn't put light on this issue or you know but if i do i might will people take it too far you know it's not a fair I think we're now in a very extreme level. Like we're still in the baby stages, crawling stages of what the internet can bring when it's been open to everyone and everything. Yeah. So um but relationships have been formed. Um what was it? Like Nicki Minaj was like, if you can prove to me I will pay off your student debt that was happened a few years ago how she can reach out to fans and then they can prove that they're going to school and mm-hmm. she would pay their student debt. That's nice. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you have these like, sort of like an army, like go after Netflix for being mean kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. and, and and the kind of control and, and power that you can have, like it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited. Thanks Bailey for... Chipping in, I'm not really, (laughs) I'm like, thank you for letting me know that I'm guessing Demi does use they, them pronouns yes, Um, and and stuff like that. But it's exciting. We have this kind of interaction, what is that? You know, and and that's the other thing. The other thing that I was really interested in and I've sort of interviewed influencers or people who are not in the traditional sense of media but I've spoken to a couple of really popular Twitter handler handlers, um, tourist uh, uh, photographers, um, bakers because like baking is huge on social media. It's very soothing and relaxing. Um, so I like talked to them. They have millions of followers, and I talked to them. I was like, "Okay, so would you say your followers are your fans?" And you are like, "No." but they sort of are, aren't they? And I'm like, yeah. So like, what is this? Because this is a new form, YouTubers, yeah. um, lifestyle, not gurus, but you know, like it's this new kind of realm that we're still figuring out what, how do you, how, like when are you turned off, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, so when I talked to the baker recently, actually, I knew she was married. I knew... The recipe to her wedding cake. I saw her wedding pi- pictures. I didn't know her husband's last name, but I think I could have dug it up pretty fast. And she's like, "Right," and I'm like, "Is that weird to you?" Because it's weird to me that I know all these details. <laughs> yeah, and she goes, "No," but and I was like, at the same time, what I like it's sort of we don't know everything, right? She, for instance, like going to an extreme, she was talking about how she moved. She lived in New York City. She moved to Seattle to be closer to her family because in her post, she's like, we're moving. So you're going to see a new kitchen and all that stuff. And we'd like to have start our own family in the near future. Right now. I don't know her well enough to be like, hey, how is that going? How you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like it's way out of base. But do you get responses like that? Some people might not oh, be sure. able to, and that's the other realm. Is there are times where f- fans or people who felt like this real relationship that it's like a best friend, it's like a sister or a brother, and be like, "How's baby making?" <laughs> right? Like some people mm-hmm. don't have the the most popular example of what I would say is parasocial um, that has gone wrong is the man who tried to. Assassinate Ron, uh, Reagan, the president, for Jody Foster because he mm-hmm. watched Taxi Driver like thirty times in the theater. This is in the eighties yeah. now. Um, he is still in a mental institution, and actually, at at AwesomeCon, uh, one of a woman who's a nurse, she said, "I used to work at the psychiatric ward that he is still at," hmm. and I was actually looking into it. This is two thousand seventeen. And his parents were making a case to get him out of the hospital uh, and be under his their care. Um, and the, the hospital and the judge denied it because they said, well, you're older than your son. So when you die, who's going to take care of him again? He's needing constant care. That's um, true. Jody never talks about it. Mm-hmm. She never needs to. She never met the guy. He says he did it for her, but she's not a child prostitute. Right? She was at Yale at the time, right? Um, and like, if this happened now, I feel like there would be a lot of pressure for Jody to address it, mm-hmm. but it's been long enough that people, there's other reports, um, all these stalkers, you know, the Kardashians have stalkers, particularly Kendall Jenner, and that's been of discussion on the show how they will find their part, their homes and like break in and stuff like that. So there are, that's the extreme. And that's where I was like, I don't know if I need to get a psychology degree too, cause that's a little bit too much out of my realm. But I am interested in these relationships that we can form. Like if I tweet to Ben Affleck, I wanted to marry you, <laughs> and that's still around. Might not be Jennifer Lopez, but uh, I think Gardner. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) Bling ring. Yes. Is that where where, they broke into? And that's the other thing about social media. Now you knew. This was even before social media, but now you know Mm -hmm. where a person is. One thing that I talk to a lot of influencers, particularly female influencers, they're like, now every time I go somewhere and I need to promote it, unless it's like a convention or something, but They go to a restaurant. If they go shopping, they do. They promote it at the end of the day or the next day because they have had people show up. Or there have been reports of more burglaries because people will just know family is not home. So that is something that's Hmm. wrong because of social media.
0: Yeah, because the bling ring was was, – weren't they – because I know there was a movie made out of that. But wasn't it where they were – they broke into somebody's house i can't remember the they exact would break into like
1: Paris like hilton's house and that's Matthew right hilton's that's right mm-hmm. and it started emma watson and emma mm-hmm. watson is a pretty interesting study of we watched her grow up i'm around the same age as emma watson and i remember so there was a talk of she went to brown university um you know, the bling ring, she's a little bit sexualized, you know, licking her lips and all that stuff. Um, But she had said, like, um, after she graduated from Brown University, they're like, what are you going to do? She's like, get drunk, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And a couple of family friends who are older, you know, baby boomers, if you will. And they're like, I wish she didn't say that because alcoholism you know like alcohol abuse it shouldn't be a reward you know it's like that I was like the woman graduated (laughs) they also don't drink I don't drink but I was like you know in safe conditions you do what you want um but there was that discussion of like this poor woman can't win anything like you cannot Mm -hmm. please everyone
0: right well, I think that's that's what the problem is with social media. Sometimes is we feel, especially now, now that you have more access to celebrities, because I think before, I would hear people that were on TV said they were treated differently than people were in movies, because yes. people on TV shows were in their living rooms every night, mm-hmm. whereas film it was a little bit. Different. It's a big giant screen and. And it was more of an so effort. To get it, there, was, there too. yeah. So there was more of an intimate relationship there, at least from the viewer's standpoint. But now with social media, it can be anybody, and you can have these interactions with them. And I know personally, you know, I've had people like stuff I've posted and and you know stuff like that. I and it's been very exciting for me. I mean, um, you know, actually, one of the actors from Queers Folk has liked a couple of tweets we did and it's like oh this is so exciting and so, so cool. i would say that's
1: no longer parasocial
0: oh that's you. okay <laughs> but it's not anything else is it? No, but, but i would never be like i'm friends with that person now yeah we're, we're like this <laughs> but there's a couple like kevin
1: smith is one of my favorite filmmakers and introduced me to my husband well that's not a lie that's a lie actually i watched pearl Harbor, and i thought it's really cute. Uh, so, <laughs> um, it's not a very good movie, is it? But I mean, you're twelve. <laughs> um, but okay, Kevin Smith. This is a good example. It's the beginning of I already got bing, bingo. <laughs> um, he was one of the first to really use the internet, um, mm-hmm. and he has hired people who have started websites or community center uh, boards, appreciating his work or dissecting his work that he just found really interesting. That has happened. That was all because of the internet basically mm-hmm. that connected the media to the fan and formed a professional relationship that turned into a friendship. I think one of them ended up working uh, or being on Kevin's comic book men show uh, so there is that potential or uh, the, the show girls on HBO. Some of the writers that they found was that they would just look at Twitter and see who they like, not necessarily tweeting at them, but just so it's not necessarily parasocial relationship. But like that's Internet is bringing people together as well as breaking people apart. There is that potential. Like what if the queer folk people were like? like this this erin lady she keeps tweeting at me what else is she and then they might have found your podcast they might have asked to be on your part pod- you like the potential and the possibilities are endless but it's very come very- on the podcast <laughs> yeah
0: yeah come on come on one come on. could
1: only help <laughs> i'll awesome. try
0: to if, if gail harold comes on here i swear i will try to speak which one is gail harold He plays brian kinney sex on legs Brian Kinney he's just he's absolutely gorgeous so yeah he's 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 yummy yeah it's just it's an interesting phenomenon because it kind of takes away that it takes away kind of the mythology sometimes too where it's like okay these are these mythical creatures these quote unquote celebrities yeah and now they're in my world and I can say I know them but we don't know them at all and You know, sometimes they're not even the ones handling their social media. So it could be somebody else who's posting for them, who's doing all that stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's just really
1: interesting. One that gets, I mean, again, like Marvel fans can get real into it. Um, But one that was interesting was uh, Sebastian Stan with Mm -hmm. Winter Soldier. Um, and many other things, very talented. He had an assistant who who, uh, during comic book conventions and stuff like that, like fans would give her gifts as well as him gifts when they would go do that. And then somehow they found her tweets or something like that. And she had said Islamophobic tweets or comments. And it was really upsetting for people i don't know the full details i can't recall but eventually sebastian fired her and apologized he, he didn't know and now they are going after his current gar- uh, girlfriend who's an actress who was on a show i watched um and uh, she dressed up as a geisha mm-hmm. for fun i guess and and people say that's cultural mis.
0: Appropriation. Cultural appropriation. Is it cultural Which, it appropriation? Is. Yes,
1: Which it is. Yeah. <laughs> Which it is. Is it appropriation or misappropriation?
0: What's appropriation? Well, mean? they usually say it's like appropriating the culture for your own. Use, okay. So, kind of, cultural yeah. appropriation. Mm-hmm.
1: And it, it's sort of, you're like, uh, it is, should you not do it ever or should you just not put it on? I remember my friend who is of European descent was Cleopatra for Halloween one year and they're like, that's cultural appropriation. And, and like, uh and she's like, you know, Cleopatra was from Macedonia, which is Europe. So kind of like,
0: well, in the instance of his girlfriend, yes, that, that is appropriation. That is definitely appropriation. Yeah, she shouldn't
1: have those. So that's
0: definitely, up. you know, and especially if you do, that's not your right to do that. So, mm. Um, And it's kind of like, you know, it's when people do blackface or when people do Mm -hmm. that and try to say that's and that's totally appropriation. So
1: and I wonder. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because there wasn't. So here's one thing, because if you look at my social media, one of I I love the holiday, the Day of the Dead. I'm not Mm -hmm. Mexican or Latin for that matter, but I think it's a beautiful holiday because we don't talk about death (laughs) as. much as we, I think we should in a positive light. So I went to an event and we got our faces made as skeleton, you know, that stuff. We had the headdress and all that stuff. And I just really appreciate, I was like, it's a beautiful holiday I, I love embracing it. And I got to learn more about it and stuff like that. So is that cultural appropriation though? Yes. Because I, as not yes. of, of Latin descent, it is. But I'm it appreciating is. it. And I don't feel like, should I take it down? Should I not? I like this conversation.
0: You know, I, I know from what I've heard, and mm-hmm. please correct me, viewers, if I'm wrong here, please correct me. Um, and hi, bad we had. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I believe in that in a sense, since it's since it's, it's not your culture. And if you're using it as a way to like... Like That's why a lot of people ask, don't use that as Halloween decorations um, because you're taking something that's very important to us and important to our culture Mm. and appropriating it to your culture or to your celebration when it doesn't have to do with that. Um, And hopefully I'm I'm explaining that correctly or accurately. And please, yeah, like, like Bailey said, think about like minstrel shows. It's kind of, it feels like that to people. What's minstrel shows? You you know um, minstrel shows are like that used to be where white people would dress in blackface. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, oh, and it would be that. like a way of making fun of of pe- of black people and dressing and doing, and doing like the and doing in a very 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 harmful racist way. That's yep. what they were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I would and I and it's all learning. Like I know um, for a I didn't know this, but like there are certain ter- terms that are derogatory towards like gypsies and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know a lot of that stuff. And so it's a lot of learning. And I think the big thing is learning, taking it in and then not doing it again is the big thing or correcting yeah. people when they do it or calling out, calling it out when you see it, if you know about it and learning from it. Cause I know, you know, I've said on here before, I'm still trying to get better at, you know, not saying like you guys and not generalizing like that or um, right. not, you We're know, that that kind wrong. of with, and being better with pronouns and stuff like that. And so I know that's that's something that I have to grow, too. Yeah. Like Bailey said, I think being open to learning and teaching others is big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's and I think so I can understand. I think it's very right. It, I think people are right to be upset about that because yeah. that is cultural appropriation um and so i think that's yeah because i remember when that happened because i'm in a facebook group oh yes it is itself a slur thank you thank you see i got corrected there sorry excuse me for using that slur because it is itself a slur you're right i was thinking of when people say you get you know something when something doesn't go your way and you feel like you've been cheated out of something there's Mm -hmm. the other word for that that i didn't even realize that was considered a slang um, but thank you, Bedwet or be Head, um, for correcting me on that. I'm not sure if this is Carla or Meg. I'm assuming it's Carla, but I'm not positive <laughs> uh, if it's Carla or Meg using the account right now. Um, but yes, it is. See, I'm see, there's just so many different things yeah. that even I'm learning, as long as you're open to learning and changing, I think, that's, I think that's the that's big, the big
1: thing. thing is empathy, levels of empathy have gone down. Here's something that I learned, again, and from my studies. Oh, I forgot her name. But it's a, she works at, she teaches at MIT, and um, she was called in. Again, because of technology and the screen, emojis and gifts or GIFs have helped. But when it was really just text-based, it was really hard to read the message. If it says, okay, is it Okay. Okay okay. Yeah, like we can't tell. It yeah. just says, okay. Right. And levels of empathy were going down in children and stuff. So this, uh, I really can't remember her name. This doctor was asked to come to a school in Boston area. And they were a bunch, you know, like 12, 13 years old. And they said, there's three girls. Two of the girls went to the third girl and said, we don't want to be your friend anymore for whatever reason. And, and the, all three girls were upset and they didn't understand why the third girl was like, I don't know why I'm upset. I mean, I lost friends, but what? And then the two girls are like, we were being honest, Mm -hmm. which is what we're taught to. Well, why did we feel bad? Because they did this in person and you have the, and this is where it gets a little harder with virtual. And and I think it's only going to get a little worse until they with uh, lockdowns and and quarantining and uh, the the pandemic, you can't really do eye-to-eye contact. You can sort of see a person's Mm -hmm. um, body image or uh, positioning, body language, excuse me, body language. And that gives you a lot more, or the tone of their voice. We've lost that when it's mostly all text-based. And Mm -hmm. the kids are really texting each other or it was like instant messaging. Remember AOL? I was a kid when AOL came out and we, we had like five different screen names. Why? I don't know. Um, But it was, you know, like a fun thing with just like type and type and type, but you were, you were losing empathy and we're still losing empathy to understand. Like if a person gets mad at me for sort of celebrating the day of the dead, I could be defensive. That's, but I would like to have a conversation. A, that's kind of what my train, like, do you think I should take it down? Let's have this conversation. People are not really willing to do that. They'd say, you know, why did you put that Islamic, uh, Islamophobic tweet out there? You're a horrible person. Why are you dressed like a geisha? You're a horrible person. Well, hold on. They might not have even realized it right? Now we know and we apologize and we try not to use it. But at the time, we didn't know. Anyone could have just been like tweeting like Aaron's a bitch, you know, and all that stuff, right? And all that stuff. So that's the other level of social media um, and internet and tech space that has taken away our uh, impulse control. Like it, it's feeding our impulse control without thinking all the way. Like Jared, calm down. Maybe the manager's wife is in the hospital. I don't know. Uh, and making sure you got your warm brownies is not on the top of his list of priorities. You don't know. So, so, you know, don't go tweet that right away. Take a, take a relax, you know, like relax, um, you know, keep it in drafts for a little while and also put yourself in their position. Like you don't, does this
0: make sense it, it 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 does um but i will say this is the thing though is that i think in certain areas <laughs> I think it's okay to, you know, I think this is where you go into the thing where people get worried that everyone's going to be canceled and people don't like cancel culture, which cancel culture isn't a thing. That's a myth. That doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if you're white, that doesn't exist. Cancel culture is not a thing, especially if you're a white man, you're not going to get canceled. That's not going to happen to you. I mean, really legitimately, that's not going to happen. Could you explain might have that a little bit more? Popularity. Cause I didn't, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think, You know, people get upset because people get called out on things they say that they feel they should just apologize for and everything will go back to normal and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't mean that. Or I was young, even though I was in my 30s or I was in my 20s. And I'm, you know, and people excuse that. And where I think the problem is is there's no consequences there's just saying something but there's no consequences for your action that's what it really is is it's called consequences so if you lose your job mm-hmm. because you did something racist that's consequences of your racist actions. If you get called out for the fact that you are appropriating another culture, that's consequences for appropriating it. You know, if I get called out for for saying what I said earlier, which was totally wrong and I shouldn't have Mm -hmm. said it, but I, you know, and I know I'm still learning, but still I should have known that. That's consequences for me saying that. Um, And you kind of have to take that and learn from it. And instead of getting defensive and being like, F you for calling me out on this. I'm just learning. And, and that's true. We are all learning. I'm not saying you can't say you're learning and you, you're growing. But I think there comes a point where you can't keep using that as an excuse. Yeah. I and am. you have to be like, okay, I have to learn this stuff on my own and then grow. Where it's, it's you know, it's like it's also there's the term of using free labor where people will teach you um, you know, like I know a lot of black men and women, especially black women, have been used, their free labor has been used to teach white people about what's not good and what's <laughs> what's racist and what's not okay to say yeah. and why this is that. And, you know, white people going, well, teach me. Show me why this isn't. Instead of being like, there's an Internet out there. You can find it out yourself. You can learn yourself or you can teach each other. Fellow white people can teach each other. And so there is that term of free labor where it's like, we've already given you so much free labor. We're not going to keep giving you free labor. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's the thing is that I think sometimes we just kind of like to excuse stuff, especially in celebrities. We like to excuse stuff because we say there are celebrity and we love this celebrity. And, So we're just going to excuse what they say because they're a celebrity. And that's what happened with the Jared situation was (laughs) Jared is a rich, white, straight male, Mm -hmm. and he's not going to be hurt by this in the long run. He actually gets love adulation, which is what he wants. He wants the attention. I mean, the only reason I say this is because he's done this time and time again, this is a pattern with him. He uses this because he wants this attention and he wants this love and he wants, um, he wants all the attention himself. And it's like, people feel bad for him and sorry for him. And I'm like, "I, I don't really because you're using that privilege that you have as a white male. And you know that you know that he knows what happens because this has happened before. He knows what the consequences are. He's not stupid right so yeah so i think that's that's where i'm going with that like like and bailey said bonus
1: this, because it's no longer it's calling you out and, and people never
0: doing. get canceled anyway <laughs> that's the, that's the and I, I mean i really don't think they do i mean you even look at people like kevin spacey mm-hmm. kevin spacey is still being able to make movies you look at people like joss whedon and you look at people that like I I, guarantee, I mean, I will be really shocked if in a few years, like, you know, there, I mean, yes, you've got um, Harvey Weinstein is now being, quote unquote, punished. But at the same time, <laughs> it took years and decades. So it's not like, I don't know. And now people kind of look at him like he's this fragile old man. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so like, I mean, and like Bailey said. Um, the onus should not be on the oppressed to teach yeah. the oppressors to not oppress anymore. It's I, of,
1: I remember so. what I was going to say. The, the problem with cancel culture, if there is such a thing, is we're not learning. We're just doing. Like, okay, I, I'm sorry. Exactly. Do you know what you're sorry? Do you know why it's bad? And that's where we need to have open dialogue to learn. I'll... We'll get into another tangent, but should I share this part? It has nothing to do with media. (laughs) But it's a good example of not really learning from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's a a friend of mine. She's um, Black. And I say Black because she knows she's not just African-American and she prefers Black. She's Black. Uh, She's a lawyer in Oklahoma, Tulsa. Tulsa, Oklahoma, has been doing a thing where, like, if you can work remotely, you can live in Tulsa for $10,000. Oh, I've
0: heard about that. Mm -hmm.
1: She she qualified, and she went, and she came to visit her, uh, because I'm in New York City right now, and she came to visit, to look at her apartment that she's for lease, for sublet. And uh, we had dinner, and we had a really nice conversation to understand just to have these conversations these are hard conversations to have but important to have and she said you know we go there and there are people and we all admitted we were never taught about the massacre in tulsa 100 years ago it's 100 years um not until i heard about something called watchmen Uh, the Mm the tv show right that Mm -hmm. came out a few years ago i had no idea what what were they talking about why weren't we taught that anyway She says, but there is hundred and two, hundred and three-year-olds who lived that, and they're not getting anything. I was like, give my ten thousand to her and her her descendants. Why are you? You're you're only doing this as an attempt to sort of apologize, but you're still not addressing the real issue, right? And yeah, I think she went. One of them went to the Senate for uh, or Congress to talk about this but that's the thing is like oh i'm so sorry i fired the assistant to do this i get it and it's not a simple solution or um a simple conversation to have in a tweet but we still don't have those conversations and so that's
0: yeah yeah and that's exactly what i mean it's like you you have the two seconds of or you'll have you know you know you'll have people doing the black square for black lives matter or they'll Uh do that. And then like three weeks later back to normal. And actually it's it's like, I'm just going to show that I actually care, but I don't actually care. I'm doing it because I don't want people to call me out for not doing it. But what else are you doing? Are you just doing a black square? Are you just doing hashtag black lives matter or are Share you resources. actually doing something? Are you trying to learn something? Are you donating money if you can? And people um,
1: used yeah. that algorithm. They screwed up the algorithm. Ku Klux Klan used the black square because they mm-hmm. knew that that's how they're going to get views. It wasn't a perfect system. And there's there's a whole other issue about the internet and there's no corporate regulations or government regulations on how we use the internet. Um, there was another instance... Uh, I think it's the black and white photo of women You were tagged. It started in Turkey and no one knew where it began. There was like a rumor that men started. Do you know about this one? This happened last year. So no, it's I a don't know about that. I portrait I of you as a female in black and white. That's all you had to put in. Then they kind of moved it. New York Times did a thing. First of all, here's the other thing about feeling left out. No one ever tagged me, right? So uh, I was like, okay. Um, But, and one of the things is I teach social media etiquette for teens. That's how I kind of figured out how to pay bills when quarantine happened, like lockdown happened and no one wanted a freelancer. Um, But I was saying one of the problems with the, the Black... Box photo was there was no other information there and, and it screwed up the algorithm. The other side, the really bad parts were using it to get more attention on their side. It was a bad system. Be- best of intentions horribly executed, though. The other one is this uh, black and white photo. of It was only for women at the time. Um, and there was a New York Times that like, where did this come from? What is going on? Eventually they were like, share a couple of books uh, that you recommend to understand women's empowerment or something that changed your life as a female. And eventually they circled it back to an account in Turkey um, because there was, I think she died. She was raped. She pressed charges against her rapist. They got off and she was killed maybe, or maybe either way, Her rapist never went to prison um, because of just, unfortunately. Um, And so her friends and her decided to, or just her friends, uh, decided, let's talk about female empowerment. Let's take a photo of ourselves in black and white and show ourselves, right? That was their way of, of getting their voices back. Then it spread. I mean, I got friends in New Zealand and Germany and everywhere. They were all doing and All you saw was a black and white photo of your friend and it was all women. Um, and eventually they're like, okay, so then what's the point? <laughs> like, we didn't know where it was coming from. So then they said, okay, so share a book or some resources, right? Um, if it was for Black Lives Matter, talk about where there might be petitions or places that you can donate money to, or, you know, needed more information than that. Mm-hmm. Just a photo. Um, then there's the other element of not feeling included. I and I would t- teach this to the kids. I was like, I'm a woman. I don't get tagged. What about transgendered women? Do they not get included? You know, like you you try and be as inclusive as you can, but it's not always going to be perfect. And and recognizing that. And I was like, but then are you feeling the pressure to just tag whoever, or you're like, ah, oh, crap, I got tagged like 20 times. I guess I have just- to take a photo of myself. And one of the reasons why they thought it was a man who started it was because the black and white portrait mode can look very beautiful. I mean, look at the, that was what we had for the bombshells of the 1940s, -hmm. Rita Hayworth and all that stuff. So it was sort of, they're like, it's like basically pleasing to the eye, but what was the point of it? And there was this discussion.
0: Yes. And I think that's the problem with social media is we just kind of say whatever. And also, like you said, it is very hard to read intent of some things. And I'm not, I'm talking about like when you say like, okay, you say, okay. in a tweet, Mm -hmm. you say, okay. in a text, sometimes you can think like someone's blowing you off or they're annoyed with you or they're pissed off at you when they're saying, okay, because you can't read the facial expressions. You can't hear their voice. You don't know what's going on. Same thing with email. I think it kind Mm -hmm. of started with email where it's like, you send a short email and you're like, wait, are they pissed at me? Or are they happy with what I did? Or, and then like me, I'm an overthinker. So I will be like, Oh my gosh, they're so, they're so, they're so angry at me. They're so mad at me. Or I shouldn't have said this or I'm so so dumb for doing that. Or what they're really saying is they hate me or they never want to talk to me again. And this goes into my, goes on in my head, like 24 seven. And I think you know, I've always been that way. And then I think this kind of makes it worse. I mean, and I think social media is a good tool. I think it's done amazing things. Um, But at the same time, it can lead to sometimes fractured relationships with people. I mean, I've met amazing people through social media, one of them, Carla, who's (laughs) of Bedwetter Wehead, who is also the most frequent panelist on her she has not been on a show in a couple of weeks now and it's very weird for me i have wanted to be on bed when i am it is i played
1: it this afternoon with my friend. she was really mean to me she gave me three choices i'm like i can't believe you gave me those choices She's like, i don't know i did have a student who go do you think we're worse off or better off because of social media and i said that's an excellent question and this leads to my second point I was like, I'm, to me, it's like cars. When cars were first invented or started, you could get to work faster. You could get to the hospital faster, but more deaths and accidents did happen, Mm -hmm. right? Then they were like, okay, so now we need to put seatbelts as a suggestion. Then it became the law. Then it's like, don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. You know, we had to keep it up to make us safer because- Cars do help us, but it can be dangerous. I think internet and social media is like that. We're still riding it without any seat belts, and we're starting to progress to figuring out what that could be. That's my thought. But yeah, I saw some questions mm-hmm. we never really got into. Yeah,
0: this one um, from Bailey. Um, and so she's talking about being mutuals with several podcasts and feeling like these interactions are different from my interactions with the host's personal accounts. So how do you think that? So I think what she's saying is like, if she is like interacting with say she's interacting with my personal Twitter account, cause we've <laughs> had interactions on my personal Twitter account, Bailey and I, we've actually had like a private messages before. And, then, like, she private messages me through the It's a Fandom Thing account. Yes. She thinks those interactions are kind of different. Do you think agree. that's parasocial, or how do you think that's different? That's a,
1: that, that a good example. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Again, a hard one.
1: It hasn't been updated because of things like... Like, if you went to Queer as Folk Twitter account versus the writers or the actors individually, I, well, no. Well, your example is a little hard because I'm guessing you, or maybe one other person on your team, is part of the "it's a fandom
0: thing" account. I, the only one that runs the Twitter, but the other Aaron who Mm -hmm. is also also a panelist, she runs the Instagram and Facebook account mainly. I will go on there occasionally and I'll reply to things or people will message me on there and I'll reply to messages on there. There's one particular person that she also hosts a podcast and she's been on here before. And we message through Instagram mainly because that's where (laughs) she's mostly active. So I'll go on there. But 99% of the time, if you're on just heads up to everyone, if you don't already know this, if you interact with us on facebook or instagram especially instagram not so much facebook because there is somebody going back and watching our or listening excuse me to our old episodes and doing these long comments on them it's so awesome <laughs> so i'm gonna have to give you a shout out here in this little bit here because it's amazing it's like they they're watching when they like will come well, what about this? You should talk about this. Well, you know, and, Yeah, I agree with this or I disagree with that or I agree with this person. And it's just pretty awesome. And yeah. so those replies are from me. I do look at those and I reply to them because I feel like I should as the host. But most of our Instagram posts are not created by me. They are created by Erin. And it's connected to Facebook. So all those go to Facebook. And I had her do that because Instagram confuses me to no end. I don't understand Instagram. And our Instagram was not doing as well. And so so I had her take over. She offered. She volunteered to take over. So, yeah. So if you are interacting with me on there, it doesn't necessarily mean you won't be interacting with me. But just know that those are not you know, from me. I was... Like, oh, and Bailey's explaining it. Sorry, a little bit more here. Um, Like when... My Twitter replies to her, Bailey's tweets, live tweets. It's different than when I am talking to Aaron, to myself, mm-hmm. because the audience follows fandom thing. Oh, but Aaron's is personal to personal. I still I say it's
1: parasocial.
0: But okay. not,
1: technically not, because she's replying. It's a fandom thing, as replying. But this is why. I was just thinking about this. When I talked to the baker, I don't want to necessarily say their names just in case, Mm -hmm. but uh, she has her own personal account. How did I reach out to her? Through her business account. We do Mm -hmm. not follow each other on her personal account. I don't know her personal account. She's made it private. She would kind of changed it when she became a full-time content creator, influencer, baker, all that stuff. But I still was like, dude, I know you got married. I know you want to start a family, like freaking out. But why do I know so many personal details? But it's it's only through a business account. So I do still think it is Parasol. Even if you go to like Queer as Folk or it's a fandom thing and be like, I loved this episode. Or that Tara girl is crazy uh, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's. I would still say it's, it's kind of like a Parasol. Well, parasocial meaning if no one responds back. If they respond back, then mm-hmm. technically it's not. But what that relation is so like, have you ever met Bailey, you as Aaron? I have
0: never personally met Bailey. No, I've she never. She comes on every live stream
1: or most live streams.
0: Most live streams, yes. She she comes on most live streams. She, um, she started watching this one because she's Bedwetter Behead's number one fan. I know I can say that because it's on her bio Um, (laughs) or something along those lines. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bailey, on the wording of it. And she does these live tweets like like she's just saying she live tweeted an episode of sort of brilliant pod yesterday. But she was also messaging one of the hosts, Rachel, at the same time about something else. And it's different. So. Uh, so it seems so it's more like and and I get what she's saying like it's like she's promoting the podcast in a way I mean she's responding to the podcast that's about the podcast so I wouldn't necessarily respond and go thanks so how's the weather where you are let's talk about our days right exactly you would would, as Aaron
1: might be like hey how was that drive that (laughs) you (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) kind of like don't text and drive (laughs) (laughs) But it's a <laughs> fandom thing is like, thanks, Bailey, for participating. You know, we mm-hmm. loved having you. Yeah. So I do think it's it's a different kind of like, I feel like it's, this is another thing is how the internet brought you guys together. Mm-hmm. And then how you interact as it's a fandom thing to a listener and Aaron to a listener was sort of become a friend or an acquaintance or something like that, right? Um, our, like, yeah. our interaction, I came as a listener, and I reached out to you. Mm-hmm. We I had to sign an agreement. It was a very professional kind of thing. So, yeah, so I still think it's kind of that realm of where the internet has brought people together, but it's still kind of weird to, to kind of understand it. Like, would mm-hmm. you be invited to their wedding or their baby shower? Probably not. If it's virtual, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, kind of thing, because you bonded over something.
0: Yeah, whereas that's why, like, I i mean, people could find me. I've had a lot of weird men recently try and friend me on Facebook a lot. Like, that has increased since I started this. Yeah, And I have not friended any of these people back because I don't know who they are. And that, to me, is even even though Facebook has issues in and of itself, Mm -hmm. that's more personal in the fact that I share a lot more personal stuff on there than even in my Twitter, because my Twitter is public. But like, you know, Carla, I've known Carla for like seven years now. We've only met physically once, but I feel Carla is one of my dearest and closest friends. Mm -hmm. And I I share very personal stuff with Carla and I trust Carla a lot. Carla's opinion means the world to me. I consider her to be one of the best people I know. So for me, interacting with her is totally different. Like even interacting with my fandom thing account and her bed, wet or behead account, Mm -hmm. like we interact together. I even think of that as more personal than like when I interact with some other podcasts that maybe I don't talk to as much. Um, Like recently I've been reaching out to a lot of podcasts because of we're doing an upcoming horror trivia event. So I've been Mm -hmm. reaching out to podcasts to try and get them on as guests. And I'm available. (laughs) And for some, I of listened the- to the
1: Bed, Wed, head and I was like, "What
0: the frick? episode?"
1: Which is uh Michael, Mike, Michael Myers,
0: Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, and who's the
1: other? Jason, Jason Voorhees, Voorhees. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this is bizarre." Turn up the volume. <laughs> so it was like, and I was telling my friend, and actually, I don't know if you guys would ever want to do this. My friends like, oh my god, they did real serial killers. I'm like, no, 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 fictional, fictional.
0: They they won't do real people, right, which is Carla? Smart. I, I agree. don't know if she's I still agree. watching, but Carla, you won't do real people, right? Because they have a thing about that. They don't want to do real people. Which I makes don't want sense. it on
1: record, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do a real person. Like you wouldn't do like the actual actors from a show. No. You do the. Characters I have a really good one on Leonardo
1: DiCaprio characters. It's one of my favorites to play. Which, which characters are they? Okay, so I have to we'll play that. a quick one right now. <laughs> so let's do this. One of my favorite bad web head ones, Leonardo DiCaprio's versions of Jay Gatsby, Jack Dawson, Romeo. Ooh. I know my answer, not just because I play this for years, but I knew it right away.
0: And it's fascinating. What, people, what would you do? Gosh, I I would, you know, I would probably even though I hate the story of Romeo and Juliet, I don't necessarily hate it because of Romeo. I would and Romeo is kind of isn't he is isn't he underage in the place? So I'd feel kind of weird. Wait, it's his
1: version. <laughs> I think he's 18 when he made. okay, it. Well,
0: we'll pretend he's
1: not he's, <laughs> everyone is of legal age. So
0: okay, because okay. I'm like, I'm not gonna um so I would wed Jack. I would Yes, yes, I would behead Gatsby just because really? that I, don't, I I actually have not seen his version of that, so I guess I should I should say that up front. Okay. I think it's just because so many gifs or things I've seen from it bug me. <laughs> so I just kind of, <laughs> even though I've used some of them, so I'm just kind of and then I guess that would. But or maybe, no, you know what, because it makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to go ahead and behead Romeo, and then Thank I guess you. I'd sleep with, I'd, I'd bed Gatsby. So that's okay. your choices you then? And <laughs> Bailey and Carla, you guys can answer this. Yes, please or, do. You both. Sorry, excuse this me. This is both, why,
1: please. okay, I'm beheading Romeo. He is a whiny little child. You should have just <laughs> stuck to school, leave Juliet alone. There are people dying, and you guys are all like, I miss you. Shut up. I just I, I was like, whatever. I don't have time for this teenage drama crap. I know I just said that they're legal, but 18, they're still children. Um, so I was like, whatever. I don't care for this. Go away. Jack Dawson is the perfect man. He is the perfect man. Do you remember when he's in, it's in the gym? People are like, what gym? Is? he's like, that fire inside you. I'm gonna cry. That fire inside you rose. <laughs> This kind of bird or something I was like oh my god why can't a man say that to me he doesn't want her to change he's like oh I love him so much nobody but I do not care he's so cool oh and I just watched it during lockdown I was like nope I'm still I'm still in love with you like then I' like I'd leave you for Jack Dawson so um This is. I have
0: to say really quickly. I think this is the most we have ever talked about Ben Affleck and Leonardo DiCaprio on this podcast. You need to put it on the bingo. (laughs) Okay, so so Bailey said. uh, So no, but so they were kind of responding to. Oh, okay. So okay, so Bailey said the same as me, but also thinks that Jack is young and we only saw a smart small part of who he is, and yet Jay devoted and has an excellent estate mm. so same but flip jack and jay so you'd marry fair, jay fair and I mean, then and then carla said gatsby is an automatic behead because oh, <laughs> she <the> damn. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs>
0: it's honestly a triple guillotine because jack dawson should have fought for the goddamn door <laughs>
1: If you look at the film, he does the private get on the door and then he's like, forget it. Here, I do blame him. He told her not to fall asleep and then he falls asleep. You didn't even listen to your own
0: advice, dude. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of stealing your thunder here, Bedwetter, behead So, Carla, um, okay. I apologize. So, but, oh, I want to do another one, one really okay. quickly because you love Ben Affleck so much. Oh, don't do this so. to me. <laughs> is it his character's? Oh yes, I'm not gonna have you oh do that. I, like, so I was like, do not go there. <laughs> Which I don't know. I, I don't want to steal the thunder from okay. So these are the Ben Affleck ones. Nick Dunn from Gone Girl. <laughs> 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 They're from let Plan. See, uh what's his character? You know he's what in Chasing Amy.
1: Oh, yeah, and he's in all the other Kevin's. Oh, I can not remember what, what his, his character is in Chasing Holden? Amy. No,
0: yes. That's is cool. it? I think so. I think that's it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking. Um, yep, yeah, it is. It's Holden McNeil yeah. or Chucky from Goodwill Hunting, not Chucky the doll. See, you so. know what?
1: I'll kill Chucky. I never really. I know he won an Oscar for that, and I know it's like really great. Well, he won yeah. for the screenplay. He didn't. He ran for, the, for the screenplay, and they did a great job, and all that stuff. Uh <laughs> you know, I don't. He's very dirty in as Chucky. So I was like, get it. <laughs> shower a couple times babe okay Um, uh yeah it's it's, no i'm spoiled i don't need to live in those conditions as a married woman or as a mistress i'd be like Nah, i'm good i'm good he can die um what was the other holden Uh holden that's that's from chasing amy well have you seen jane silent bob's Latest film because they have an update on Chasing Amy. Actually, haven't no. Um, he. Do you want me to tell
2: you? No, spoiler.
1: Okay. So (laughs) I he. Okay, so here's the. Is it present day Holden or is it the the movie in the movie '98? You know. Yes. In okay. (sighs) I don't want to deal with those insecurities. I will screw him then. Um, what? I'd be like, don't call me. Okay. You're
0: gonna marry Nick Dunn, huh? I will
1: because <laughs> I have read the book. I, I love it. It's a
0: great book. It's a great it's book. A great book. Read that
1: book. <laughs> and she cray cray. And I'm an only child. And I was like, please do not represent us anymore. Okay. You're scary. You're a psycho. Um, he's not a perfect man. I love his sister. Oh
0: my god, yes, I was so marry him just to have Margo as my sister-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I gave you kind of difficult choices there because honestly, none of those characters are necessarily the greatest characters. That's okay. I still had fun with these characters. Yeah, I'm so like <laughs>
1: Margo, he cheated again. But don't worry, I'm not gonna like set him up for murder. You wanna get brunch? <laughs> so that would be me with I
0: I'm marrying him just for Margo. Well, Carla's beheading all of them again. <laughs> i do a brad pitt one too we should do a george uh brad pitt one is a a pretty good one we're just turning this into a bed webbed all right i'm the one who started it so no you started it with the leo thing i think but um but no that was that was a lot of knowing me it's my fault (laughs) no i do want to do some i I am going to go on there we're not going to do this one now because i am going to some point i am holding carla to this and meg we are going to do a christian effing bale one since christian bale is like the mascot of our podcast is it? so yes he has become the mascot is that <laughs> problematic too well he's got some issues but oh, c- well come on ben affleck has some problems i know <laughs> i'm fine with it with those ben affleck characters that i gave i would honestly probably marry the chucky character really Oh, yeah, because I think yeah. of all the characters, he's the only one that's kind of... I don't know. I think Nick Dunn, uh, while he didn't... Uh, sp- spoilers didn't for the whole movie, spoilers for everybody. It, um, but even though he didn't you know, do that, he still was pretty messed up. But I would probably... I would bed Nick Dunn though, because I th- sure. because I think Holden is homophobic or is biophobic. So honestly, So oh, yeah, that's a good time. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to have anything to do with him. So he could get be beheaded, but I wouldn't want to marry Nick because I would be. I just paranoid. I don't know. It would make me nervous and paranoid all the time. And I think Chucky is the most grounded, down to earth of all He's of sure. them. He's a hard worker, that's for sure. And he <laughs> sacrifices. He wants his friends to live to his potential.
1: I just it <laughs> and he smokes too much did you ever watch this is one thing that I've been meaning to do for the game of nerds as a blog post about parasocial relationships and how it's not but it, it's like everyone's sort of wet dream the show Starstruck it's a British show, it finally came here in HBO Max and it's a woman who's actually from New Zealand who lives in London and she has a drunken night and has a one night stand with a handsome gentleman she wakes up at his place and she realizes he is the biggest movie star in the world right now right it would be like you woke up and you just had a one night stand with and
0: I'm like, i was um, gonna say somebody else but i was like chris evans
1: or something no no no, no
0: no no i didn't i didn't want to say christian bale He's married. okay <laughs> Something. I know what you're saying That You like, get Chris the point, Pine. Though. I wake up. Head yes, head
1: Chris Pine. Wake up and you're like, <laughs> oh my God. Because she goes she's at his place and he has like his movie posters and like meetings and stuff. And so the next of the show goes to <laughs> everyone is flipping out. They're like, you had sex with, you know, whatever his name is. And he really likes her and they have a connection. But he also is like, they're like, you can never date a normal person. What are you crazy? And so he has the, you know, this is why there's all this PR nonsense. It, that's probably not nonsense. They probably are all PR setups. Um, But to keep that kind of bubble and, and all that kind of parasocialness to it. Uh, at the same time, they do have a connection, but then everyone else is kind of weirded out. Like every time he comes over for whatever reason, oh yeah, because he wanted to do a Kiwi accent and and he asks her for his help. Or her for her help with his accent because he's British. She's Kiwi. She can help. And the roommate's like, "Oh my god, it's you!" Uh, she let like, you know? She like can't handle it. She's like, "Oh my god, are you guys gonna have sex in his in your bedroom?" She's like, "No, I'm helping him with his accent." Kind. So you kind of see like, what if you got to be with Jensen Eccles or something like that? Provided he's divorced, you know all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> let's keep it Uh And. So, but then that it's like the realism of it. And it takes that kind of romance kind of out of it. First like,
0: like Notting Hill? Like Notting Hill. Notting That's Hill a, is a
1: great example. A he starts dating this, beaut- the biggest star in the mm-hmm. world. And they can't have a normal,
0: they I can't mean, really get to know each other. Like either. she said, she's just a girl standing <laughs> in front <of> the boy. <laughs> Baker um, and the Beauty.
1: I watched that show. I was like parasocial, uh, which is another kind of version of that. It's it's an interesting element of it. Of- There's those kinds of ideas too. But it's kind of funny. The Starstruck just came out, and it it's just and then you see like the funny, probably real fan react uh, reactions that they get. Like he's like, "Dude, can I get a selfie with you? I loved you in the Avengers." And he's like, "I I wasn't in the Avengers." I'm like, yes, you were. <laughs> You so know that these actors get that all the time. They're like, I know your career better than you do. I'm like, no, I wasn't in the adventure. People yep, <laughs> have had those arguments. Do you ever watch Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite.
0: That was one of the best shows that sadly got canceled. Yes.
1: Time. And there is the Sexiest Man Alive episode. I cry laughing this during this episode, but- so James Vanderbeek is in the show. Was friends with the B from Apartment Twenty Three, and her roommate June. You know, she buys the sexiest man alive issue. Ben Affleck was sexiest man alive, so around two thousand three.
0: And <laughs> um,
1: he, so she's like, you know, why are you falling for this, right? I fell in the trap because he was like the leading man in Pearl Harbor and there's like Gregory Peck feels for him. However, I got to know him. I know he's really smart. His mother's a teacher. Casey's awesome. He would have loved me as a sister-in-law. Casey
0: is not awesome. No, I'm sorry. Casey is not. Casey is a disgusting predator. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be okay. I'm going to have to cut that off. I'm sorry, but no. Okay no, 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 no. Here's
1: the thing about, cut it off, but (laughs) it is interesting. I remember when that case came out and I was heartbroken and no one, here's the other thing that really annoyed me is like no one paid attention until he got nominated for the Oscar. I was like, I remember that case. Now they can't really talk about it because of, The terms of the thing but also who is their role model in the film industry harvey weinstein they were you know like ben and
0: no excuse though
1: men and what's his face casey like used to like drop their pants and moon people and stuff like they didn't i think that they unfortunately don't know where that line goes and it 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 was hard i'm and also who's to say that they didn't change
0: that was very recently when he did that stuff, though. Was when he was that was 2011 that Phoenix. That's recently, though. That's very recently. That's not like, and he's an adult. Nope. Sorry, I'm not gonna. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. Uh-uh. Nope. Nope. Because no, cut I this think out. He's but... a horrible. No, I'm just saying. I'm gonna cut. I'm not gonna. I, I. I can't because I know you're still supposed to say allegedly, but I just can't because that. No, I believe there's no it. excuse for it. And I don't care. And if thankfully role model with somebody who she a could get me. him out before it really, I just, oh. there's no, ex, no. And I don't, and I don't care how good of an actor he is. I don't No, Sorry. No, uh, because I used to think he was a good actor and then that happened. And it's just like, well, that's the
1: other one yeah. that we have been, I just came up with my friend that we played Kill Fuck Mary earlier. Sorry, (laughs) I said the real name. Um, We got into like when um, it came up with Bill Cosby and how her teenage son didn't know something about the greatest television shows of all time are coming back, but the Cosby show is not, you can't find it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, where does the how can you remove the artist from the art? Because that show did do a lot. It was really one of the very beginnings of seeing a black family, where I think the wife is also a doctor. She's a lawyer. She's a lawyer. He's the doctor, right? Yeah. Um, you know, had a beautiful home. You know, like wholesome American family. Just happened to be black because we're people too, right? And now it's no longer around. And and she grew up and she's black and she grew up with that show and she's like it's really interesting because I wish I could kind of show my son that, but it's they don't even allow you to see it uh, because of the work. And also, I feel bad for everyone who's worked on that show really hard or anything with like any Harvey Weinstein film. Or if we're talking about KCF, like like that film was really well done. And everyone did such a great job, lighting, crew, editing, everyone, costume, everyone. And because of an asshole, now no one can appreciate all of everyone's hard work.
0: That's where. Well, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast about Mm -hmm. how separating the the death of the author and separating the art from the artist and how can you, and we're going to talk about that later this year when we revisit Buffy, because we're going to talk a lot about Joss Whedon, And how awful he is. And but yet he created this show that is beloved and that women love and we love. I grew up and talking about and we love that show and I still love that show. And so I think, you know, I think where the big line gets drawn is if the person, if the creator is profiting and still profiting and starts still making stuff. Then, I think you shouldn't support that. I think it's I mean, but but it's hard because if you like something from a like I've said on here before, one of my favorite movies is um is into the wild. It means a lot to me. Sean Penn is a very problematic person. Emile has Hirsch was a husband, and no one talked about him yeah, Madonna. and Madonna. And Emil Hirsch tried to uh, literally physically attack a woman in Sundance. Oh, I didn't know he that. Guilty to it. He tried to strangle her, and so. Uh, but I still have. But I oh. still love that movie, and I still think Emil Hirsch was incredible in that movie. Yeah. But I think he's a horrible person. So it's like this. It's a very hard thing because it's like when you love something, and you know the top of the list should be the victims. The victims should be the top of who gets the care and the -hmm. the love. But, but there is that line of like, how do I still enjoy this art when I know the person who was in it, or the person who created it is a horrible, horrible person. Like, you know, I mean, that happened not too long ago with the whole, um, and I have a totally different viewpoint on this one, but with Bohemian Rhapsody, um, which I I don't think that's a good movie anyway, Mm -hmm. but when that was getting all that awards attention and the director is a predator, Brian Singer is a total predator and, you know, granted the project went away after all, but because that movie did so well, and even though he was quote unquote fired, which he was, but most of that movie already been made by the time. And it um, says his name. It doesn't say the other guy's name. Exactly. And by the time Dexter Fletcher got on there, the movie was pretty much almost already made. Yeah. And so you have all these things coming out and you see this, movie getting awarded and just think from a victim standpoint that's got to be so hard because especially with the fact that nobody involved in it when they would be accepting these awards um i don't remember and correct me if i'm wrong i don't know if he did it later i know he spoke out about it on other things but like rami Mal- malik malik is winning all these awards and he doesn't come on there once and says i and doesn't say like and I know it's not he didn't victimize him but at the same time it's hard because people are watching him win on these awards mm-hmm. for a movie that was directed by this predator and not acknowledging it to me is kind of problematic and the fact that Bryan Singer he actually ended up um, you know getting this deal that ended up falling through because of how successful Bohemian right. Rhapsody was and that's where the problem lies is Fair. that you know yeah
1: um, so here's the thing that I always bring up it, to not necessarily play devil's advocate but this is where it's like there's really hard to have a black and white answer if it happened to a doctor like if you needed the doctor or surgeon and you find out that the surgeon does does something he's made comments to his nurses or fellow doctors or even the male nurses or something like that but he's the best at his job like where do and i was like that's the thing is we also need to have them understand Unfortunately, teach them because the, apparently they didn't learn it when they were kids. Hey, treat everyone with respect, but you are the one who can fix this. It's that's that's where I ha, I'm like, there's no immediate solution in my eyes, necessarily. Yeah, does that make sense? Because it's an extreme example, but I also was like, there is well, you
0: know. Well, that's why I say there's no such thing as um, cancel culture, because Mm. uh, because, you know, a lot of these people will do repentance or do something and then they still get to have a career. They, you know, like white people can fail upwards and it's just it's very evident and especially white men and i just am going to talk about a couple things that are in these comments or okay bit, um I, oh no 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 i wasn't um bailey just says as someone who has experienced abuse in the workplace i appreciate your support aaron you're welcome taking that position shows support for the people who have experienced it without the press and remained silent Um, well, you're welcome. I've, I've experienced, I've been very open about the fact that, um, I experienced my own me too thing on a film set Mm -hmm. on a movie. I used to, my lifelong dream was to be an actress and for years that and writing and screen, but acting was one of my number one Mm -hmm. things. And I was in film school and I actually was told I was really, really good. And I had an experience that made me not want to do that anymore and changed my opinion of, of the industry. So I understand. And that's why I try to approach it. Yeah. And and, and that made me that made me approach things a lot differently. That made me look at things differently from a different lens. Like I had never understood that feeling of not wanting to be seen of people not wanting to see you as attractive or not wanting to see Mm -hmm, you physically. mm -hmm. And when that happened to me, the very first thing I wanted to do was to hide. And I was like, I want to you know, just become so hideous that no one will ever look at me. And I remember going home and throwing off the clothes I was wearing, putting on baggy sweatpants, ordering more food than I could eat because I just wanted to have this feeling of being invisible. And so I try to think of that because, and, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it because there's stuff that I still watch, but it's just like with the whole thing with Bohemian Rhapsody, I still feel guilt that I saw that movie. Um, because of the fact that that is after the fact of that coming out like now if like um, if Harvey Weinstein was to make a movie now because mm-hmm. he's produced some movies that are some of my favorite movies and yeah. if he was to come out now though and start making movies I if I were to go watch those to me that would be bad and wrong but watching the movies he produced before I knew all the stuff before it was out there it doesn't feel as bad because he's not making him now, if that, if that makes sense. And then that I just want to I was go thinking,
1: to... going back to social media and how it could be used as a tool, you could also, for instance, Bohemian Rhapsody would be like, I went to go see it because, and I really appreciate Rami's portrayal, everyone's portrayal, like giving credit to everyone but Brian Singer so that it's kind of in a public tune that you're like, by the way, I don't like Brian Singer. I think it's, he needs serious help and no one give him money. Until he, needs he gets to be them. in prison, he needs to be in prison he for the rest to, of his life. Yes, <laughs> so yes, I mean, Well, that's like that's another way because my feeling was like so many people worked so hard, and it's so hard to make a film that it's also taking away the, um, I guess, attention or the recognition for everyone else's who is a good person um, that that did. I mean, I, th- I liked the movie. I liked how they did the set and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and, and that wasn't just Brian Singer. That was a lot of other people. Or Harvey Weinstein is the money. So, why, you know, that's why I love Kevin Smith. You can't find dogma anywhere because
2: mm-hmm.
1: Harvey Weinstein has it, he owns that. And he's like, I think he's kept it so that uh, he can keep alliances. For himself but i will not fall for that crap he deserves to be in prison he shall be uh and i'm sorry you guys can't watch dogma you, i think you can buy the dvd i have the dvd but you can't stream it anywhere because Javier Weinstein won't sell it and that's just one of his many many
0: great films
1: um that he has. but okay so we, we're yeah but,
0: but well yeah and um let's go back to a couple of these comments from um, carla said one of the many many reasons She stopped following American football is that there is no accountability when the players abuse, assault, Mm -hmm. rape, et cetera, especially the big names. Um, And then also um, she talks about absolutely cancel culture is a myth. Um A calling out has such little long-lasting effect, especially when you're a white, able-bodied cis man. You just end up in a penalty box for a bit, which is exactly true. Which is, and why that's why you're
1: saying cancel culture is a myth because of, there is no there's no
0: cancel culture. Because I didn't understand it. that. Yeah, you're yeah. People aren't people aren't actually canceled. They're just penalized for a little bit, and then you go on. To, it's like. Than the next shiny thing or the next person to move on to so it's like they're put in that penalty box and they get out and and I'm not perfect about this either I'm not saying that I'm perfect about it either I just am trying to do better and I think the big thing with the bohemian rhapsody thing and I know I heard a lot of people say that well all these other people worked on it the thing is Mm -hmm. I'm sorry but you're just gonna have to deal with it that You know, because you were because you worked with this person, and it was already known at that time. People were already talking about this. This wasn't Mm -hmm. like an unknown thing. Then I'm sorry, but that's the punishment for that. You're just you're not going to get awarded for it. But I, I mean, it is a very interesting thing to examine. Of can you still enjoy the things when you know these people are Mm -hmm. horrible? I mean, I know you know, like for instance, with me, if there was if something was to come out. And say George Clooney, where there was discovered that he was this horrible, awful person who did, you know, was like a who sexually abused people or did something like that. Right. That would be devastating personally, just because I've been a fan of his since the facts yeah, of you know life. What I
1: feel like, but... So that's
0: <laughs> so that's that would be devastating. But at this but I would have to be like, bye-bye. I don't, I can't. I can't like you anymore because you're gross and I've had that happen to me and it would feel weird to be like, I'm going to keep supporting you. Um, that's what happened with Jeremy Renner for me was I was just, and I was like the biggest Jeremy Renner fan I knew.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so it was like going from this level of like, I will watch anything you do to the other way. So did you see yeah, a Promising I, Young Woman? Oh, I, oh my gosh! Have I seen "Promising Young Woman"? <laughs> that um, we did a whole episode on "Promising Young Woman." Oh, it's God, our I most popular that. episode. This Carla was on that one too, and mm-hmm. and that, uh, yeah, that's I. That movie was, I have to say, and I understand when people have issues with that movie. I totally do. I don't want to ruin the ending on this one, so we won't no. And
1: and but, also, but I will with-
0: say that was the most cathartic, one of the most cathartic viewing experiences for me. Because some of the conversations she had were exact conversations I had. So, yeah.
1: And I think it's not spoiling anything. Uh, I had my mother watch it. I have everyone. was like, you get it from a lawyer's perspective. You have it from the dean's perspective Mm -hmm. and all sorts of things. And, uh, And it makes you question yourself, like, who would you be in that situation? Mm-hmm. If that happened. Um and it really makes you look at your own faults and our preconceived judgments. Like, for instance, for me, if I saw a girl, without going into spoilers, drunk in a club, I don't drink. I'm not comfortable around drunk people. My first instinct, protect myself. I'd be like, mm-hmm. no. What is anyone else watching her? Like, second thing is I'm not going to put myself in danger. I'm just not. I'm not going to take her home. I don't know who this lady is. I don't know if she'll even be telling me the right address. I don't know how to deal with a drunk person. Second thing is I will admit I will go to a female person who works at the club. Be like, she is drunk. Will you please make sure she gets home okay? I don't know what else I can do. Right. That's my first instinct. I have not been put into this position, but it made you think, like, is there more that you can do? If I find out in the news that she was attacked, I wouldn't necessarily be like, well, she was drunk. What did she think? I'm like, no, no, that's no excuse. Unfortunately, these things happen. And here's the other thing that I think is not really discussed. What happens with, okay, so you go to prison, you get caught um, and go to prison. What's the rehabilitation of that? what's the next step or how can we prevent it from happening like what do we teach our children this is going into another tangent i apologize um the uh oh, what's his face the guy from the supreme court
0: oh my god uh clarence thomas no no yeah, I, I, I thought you're talking about somebody who was bad <laughs> no the guy who got uh, the the, oh, the most recent
1: one the oh
0: Oh yeah, the one that was bad. Um, with, oh my gosh, how am I forgetting his name too? Right, so I just—it's always it's so horrible. The, oh my gosh, this the, is so the horrible. case
1: where um, he is accused of raping a woman back in college or in high school. Uh, I I brought it up. enough. Kavanaugh, thank Thank you, you. Carla Kavanaugh. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my (laughs) god, I was gonna pardon me. Um, (laughs) I believe something happened to the woman, whether it's him or somebody else, because other men have come and said, actually, it wasn't him, it's us. There is no way for us to know completely, right? Here's what I want to this is what I brought up in some of my classes with older kids in like high school and college. I was like, (laughs) again, there's no corporate regulations. So in 20 years from now, 30 years from now, if somebody wants you to go to Supreme Court, they could subpoena Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and try and find you guys at that party back in 2020. You know, Maybe not 2020, but 2019 or 2018. Um, So there's that. That's why I kind of brought it up. And I'm like, and it brings the bigger issue. If you're a girl and you drink, you're a slut. If you're not, you're a prude. Uh, If you're a guy, you don't get what's yours, you're a pussy. You know, all these, and it's in like, we teach these kids this kind of thing. And I'm like, why, why are we putting that much horrible uh, name calling and, and association to it? That is something we need to start talking about. So that not another child is attacked like this, in, in this specific situation, there's many other ways, unfortunately, with like incest and stuff like that. But like in this one where they get drunk and they go and they burn in, whether it was him or somebody else, because I do think something happened to her.
0: Oh, um, I think he did it. I'm I'm. <laughs> the idea, why, was... why do you think that that's OK?
1: Who told mm-hmm. you that? You're like, I, I wanted I wanted that ass. I got that ass. Like that was their mentality. And then for her, just because she drank, she, you're saying that that was free game. Why? What is it? And we don't really talk about that. Like where? And I was like, this is where it opens that conversation. I hope. Yeah. Does that make sense? That is, because after you go to prison, there's where is the rehabilitation? Like where can we get this better so that no one is a victim and no one is um, an attacker again? And I still don't know if there's a solution to that. And we don't really talk about it that way.
0: I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there is very, I mean, I know when the, when I, I will give an example for this mm-hmm. and this and, and and women and see, it's not just men that have to be held accountable. It's women mm-hmm. who women don't believe victims. Women, well, I'm talking about women who don't believe victims, don't for support sure. victims. That's in a who promising way. Want to, yeah. And who, say well it was her fault she was asking for if she just hadn't got drunk if she just hadn't done this if she just hadn't been wearing that it wouldn't have happened and when the brett kavanaugh thing happened i remember um my grandma actually saying to my mom and my grandma is this very liberal woman and saying to my mom that she felt really bad for brett kavanaugh because this was back in high school why bring this up now why bring this up now? That happened so long ago. It doesn't matter now. That was a long time ago. And and that's a horrible reaction, frankly. And I, and I love my grandma, but that's a horrible reaction because, and that shows you a lot of where the mentality is, mm-hmm. or it probably wasn't that big a deal, or it probably wasn't that, it didn't mean that much. I will tell you what happened to me. It wasn't full on rape, but I will tell, I will tell you. That sticks with me. I found something not too long ago. My statement that I wrote to the school that didn't help at all. The school was totally on his side. And I will say reading that was good in a way for me because I do that to myself. I'm like, it wasn't that big a deal. Why Why does it still bother you? Why does it still affect you? Why do you still have these <laughs> moments of going, well, I can never watch the movie that we were doing a scene from. I can never watch that movie. I can't even say the name of the movie. Because of the fact, and it was a movie I loved, and but because of the fact that we were doing a scene from it, I can't do that. I can't hear certain things. I can't smell certain things. I can't, stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I should just get over it. I do it to myself. And then when I go back and read that, and I try to read it as someone who is looking on the outside, and it's not me. And I go, oh, no, 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 this was horrible. This was something that happened over Days, over weeks, it wasn't just this one tiny incident that I in my mind have broken it down to. It was a history of of harassment starting Mm -hmm. from the get-go of this person first saying, I want to tell you the exact bra you're going to wear to push up your breasts. So the way that I want them to be pushed up, and then take and then wanted me to meet him in a hotel to go over a different script idea that he has for strippers and that kind of thing. So it's like little things that when you look back on him and you might not have seen him were there of, of grooming. Yeah. And so I and think And he was in a position of power. Yeah, and it goes but and but it goes to the thing of you know i think what hurt me more in the long run and this is why i try to be so adamant on believing every victim i tried to before this but i think this made me more Mm -hmm. what was harder afterwards was i had this big when right after it happened i had this huge support system my acting teacher told me i was going to be changing everything because i was coming forward and this is amazing and you're gonna you're gonna do so much and everybody was there and within 24 hours that slowly started changing and then it kept changing. And then all my friends that were supposed to be there for me, got sick and tired of me being upset about this and Mm -hmm. abandoned me. And, and I had one friend say, well, you're just going to have to get thicker skin because this is just the way this business is. And you either get out of it or you get thicker skin because you're going to have this happen to you again and again, which is not okay. And so I think that was more harm, more hurtful personally to it me does. in a way than even what this man did to me, and the people on that set did to me. It was even more harmful because I mean it was it was hurtful when the only other woman on the set walked off during the during the whole time this is happening, and watching her leave, and I will never forget that because I'm like now I'm the only now I'm the only woman here, mm-hmm. and I'm alone, and there are all these men, <laughs> they're like. 10 other men. What am I, how am I going to, f- if I have to fight off 10 other men and you've left me in this situation and you don't, and sh- she didn't even defend me. So it's very, so that to me was more painful. So then that's why I always say, you know, I know there have been the rare, rare, very rare instances of false accusations, yeah. but when you come forward about something, it is so incredibly painful and hard to do because of the fact that people don't believe you and people like living it people want yeah and people want hard evidence and with things like this you're not going to always have hard evidence it's just not possible yeah. even in this day and age it's not possible it ruined my life for years it turned me into a totally different person. And it still affects my life to this day. Mm-hmm. It took away. And I know, I know if I wanted to, I could go back to acting. I could go back. to, I'm not saying I could be like a success at it or anything, but I know I could do that. But it took away a dream of mine and mm-hmm. crushed a dream of mine. And so coming forward made that dream really crush. And so I know that it's when you come forward, you're doing it because you want to, at least for me, I was doing it because I didn't want anyone else to get hurt worse than me. It wasn't because of me. It was because of other people. And in the turn, I got victimized again and again and again Mm -hmm. and again. And so that's why for me, it's like, I just can't be like, okay, this is, I just need hard evidence. Even if I think you're, you're my, favorite actor you know that's why if someone was to come forward with George Clooney stuff I'd be like okay hi George Clooney it was nice being your fan. Do you
1: think talking about it and being vocal about experiences or hey don't comment if I look pretty or my ass looks tight or something like that even these side comments do you think these are a step forward to like what is helpful?
0: Acknowledging that, commenting on that, being like, you know, this mm-hmm. is not okay. This is not, um, this is part of, that's part of rape culture. It just is. It's It's mm-hmm. part of sexism. It's part of harassment. Um, you know, that's part of it. And also knowing whatever part we play in it. Um, You know, it's also the part that, you know, we're going to be talking about in our next episode. We're actually talking about something very adult, very, very adult. We're talking about women in our relationship with like eroticism and pornography and stuff like that.
1: That And
0: and I think with feminism, the other thing that happens with feminism is a lot of feminists leave behind people who are sex workers
1: because
0: Mm -hmm. they don't respect them or they think that's not an act of feminism or we're not going to care for them. And you see it a lot. If your, your, your feminism should be all inclusive. And yeah. if it does not include that, then that is not real. Did
1: feminism. you uh, read Jenna Jameson's how to make love like a porn star? Story? I haven't
0: read it. No, that came out when
1: I was in high school and I watched her eat true Hollywood story and I cried. So I bought the book because <laughs> I didn't know who she was. Um, But I still thought it was a really, really interesting because she said more women need to get involved behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Obviously the safety element of it, but also there's a reason why it's like a guy thing because there's certain imagery that makes women feel more inclined to watch, right? So you actually could make more money if you worked with women, but they don't and this is over 10 years ago, uh, her book. So it's kind of an interesting, and one of my favorite um, scenes to, to talk about of like, basically this is excellent porn,
0: True Blood, the show, you know it. Oh am sure. Yes, we're, we're gonna be talking about that later this year.
1: The <laughs> season seven, I believe it's episode three, uh, when Ryan Quantin and Alexander Skarsgård have a kissing scene that leads to more, we don't see much,
0: but do you know what I'm talking about? You know, I have, I didn't see the final season of true blood. I so should watch that. I, I'm, I'm going to have to watch it before we do. I have to watch it anyway before to refresh. But Cause I haven't scene, watched True blood in years, but
1: these two men, very good looking, very good in shape. They could wear garbage bags and it'll look great. Um, but they have very nice clothes. They're neat. Uh, you know, all that stuff beautifully. It's like a hotel suite. I'm not giving a much of a spoiler. Um, and I, sh- and I was like, this is beautiful. Like, I actually wish I was in that bed, just like eating popcorn, honestly. Like, I don't even need to get involved. But it was women were in class. And then I found out um, it was a female writer. Um, they, I don't think it was a female director, but it was a few more females to make that scene happen. And I showed it to a couple of my friends who didn't really watch it because you don't need to know too much. And I was like, and my friend goes, pause. I was like, yes. It's like, do you see that, that shan, that candle holder kind of chandelier thing in the back? My like, yeah. gosh, like, I have been looking everywhere for that.
0: <laughs> I was like, this is what we're talking about. Women notice these things. Well, so yeah, it's the, it's cause we talked, we did an episode earlier this year. It's one of our most popular ones from this year about the male gaze in media. And that's why it's nice. We have the female gaze because mm-hmm. that's totally different. Like, in my favorite show, Queer Folk, honestly, what was so refreshing about Queer Folk and why I think that show has so many female fans is because it's one of the first times where you see the male body being um, looked at the way a female body usually mm-hmm. will. I mean, in the very first episode, you have Gail Harold, but you have him shown completely as a sex object Mm -hmm. and you have the camera pan up his body, you have him slowly pouring water over his body Mm -hmm. and you watch it drip down his body. And that is something you would see with a woman time and time again. And so to see it with a man and to see these very intimate, very sexual, very explicit scenes between men and have the camera going up their body that the way you would with a woman was so refreshing and nice and yes, very hot and very sexy. Um, But it was just so refreshing because you don't, you're not being objectified as a woman. You're not watching a woman be objectified. You're watching someone appreciate the male form in a way that you normally don't see. And Mm -hmm. I think that we need more of that for sure. Like I think when we talked about American Psycho. Um, earlier this year we talked about how important it was that that was written by a woman and directed by a woman because you've got a movie that's very much about a man who hates women and who hates everybody but hates women and is where a yes. lot of anger is focused and if you didn't if you had like Oliver Stone, who wanted to direct it, if you had had Oliver Stone do that movie, it would have been a totally different thing Mm -hmm. than having a woman do it, where you do have these shots, like we talked about, you have a shot in the beginning of Patrick Bateman in the shower, naked, Mm -hmm. and you see almost everything of Christian Bale in that movie, and the way, you know, the camera pans up his body, he's very much a sexual object in it, and then also the way the murders are filmed, and the way you very you just don't see women really hardly ever like unclo- undressed in that movie mm-hmm. um, and that's very important when you're showing a movie that is all about a man killing and butchering women it's very important that you don't always have these shown from the male point of view because then it kind of is like the the camera will still be leering at the women when you shouldn't have that. And I want to go quickly just to a couple yes. of things that have been I said to now. a lot of stuff, Erin. Thank so, you for having me yeah. on. I know I was like, we'll go and an I, hour.
1: <laughs> I, I think I do think these having these conversations are important. And I no, thank I you for sharing your experience because that's and I believe you. Um, and we, we can, it's not moving on. I think we can make it a better future for us and for future generations by having these conversations Mm -hmm. and to understanding where are we wrong? Where can we better ourselves? Mm -hmm. Not just you and me, but like everybody. And yes, that includes white men. Get over it. Yes.
0: No. And I, I completely agree. That's part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast, Um, And that's part of the reason. I mean, it's kind of been a theme this year on the podcast is examining stuff like this. And I want to go to this thing that that Carla said with the real cancel culture is among the people in power. Very true. Kevin Spacey, Mm -hmm. still pretty much in a penalty box. Mira Sorvino, Patricia Arquette, and Ashley Judd were all canceled by Weinstein. For years. Yeah.
1: And and that's... Good on Peter Jackson for pointing it out, too. He's like, oh... That explains our meeting. I got to say something about, and I, he, he shared that, how he would, can, uh, uh, what's this? Harvey would cancel other people. And that had repercussions, but this, not so much.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, as Bailey said, you can't be a feminist if you don't support sex workers. Amen. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. And that's a lot of what we will be talking about. And there,
2: Actually, there are
0: other... Yeah, that's it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very adult, everybody. It's not going to be a live stream because it is going to be so extremely adult. Yeah. I don't know how not. Did SFW you watch the video. 2020
1: documentary on sex workers on Hulu? Well, it's it's available on Hulu.
0: I don't know if I did. I'll have to look because I it's, have watched a lot of.
1: It's the one with she has uh, she specializes in fetishes. Then there's the lactating sex worker, and then there's the male escort like three or hmm. four of them that they follow and uh nicole Byer, who's a comedian got she has I a podcast
0: Love uh, the one that also does nailed it right yes she's nailed like nailed why don't
1: you why don't <laughs> you date me uh one of her podcasts and she had the male that. escort come on to to talk mm-hmm. about his work and stuff like that it was that's how i found out about it and i watched it. because that's the thing it's like we judge people and then we're like but also, like, don't lie. You what? And and porn is different. Like, I joke, my mom and my porn is uh, the Manchurian Candidate remake because Denzel for her always like in a suit, like he's a soldier. And then Liev Schreiber. That's right, Benjamin. I love
0: Liev Schreiber. Oh my god, I love Liev, Liev. Schreiber. <laughs> oh my god, when
1: Denzel gets to
0: bite Liev, I was
1: like, oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> oh
0: so <laughs> they're both very sexy that's and that's actually a very underrated movie. It I is. rewatched it not too long ago because we talked about Denzel Washington on the podcast in February and I watched that again and I was like, you know what this is actually a, I, this movie got a lot of crap, but I think it's actually a pretty decent movie. So yeah I there so. that one and so that, and
1: one. that was actually, my joke. It's like that's our porn. Also <laughs> I really like Meryl Streep's Pearl Diamond ring. I just, I have it on my Pinterest board. I like screenshot
0: it. I was like, it's great.
1: These are the things we noticed. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, um, I'm, we're going to go ahead actually, and go ahead and wrap up. Yes, um, I want to think, <laughs> <laughs> I think this was a very good conversation and I really appreciate um, you being open and especially I Thank think you. our Debate and our conversation about other things, and are talking about what it led to, which was not what I expected. It I did to. not expect <laughs> that either. <laughs> which I think was really good, though. I think it was a really good conversation. Yeah. So I really appreciate, I appreciate you being your on. Time. And I appreciate and, you listening and sharing. And thank you so much. And thank you to Bailey and Carla for all you your know. feedback and words. And I know I didn't get to everything you were saying on there, but thank you very much. I appreciate it. And then Bailey, go back and get a bingo card and. You can also because our goal I have bingo, is bingo. What do I
1: do? I have two. You get it. You get it.
0: You get. You get something. I'll get your information <sighs> later. And Bailey, I haven't sent your stickers yet because I'm waiting for you to get enough that you can wallpaper your whole entire bathroom with. It's a fandom thing. Stickers, and also we have an amazing one coming out soon for Halloween. It'll be available starting September first. Hopefully, and hopefully, I will be premiering that design soon. I've got to talk to Aaron. The other Aaron um, designed it, and it's incredible. And I know you're not a horror person, Bailey, but I believe you're going to still try and compete in our horror trivia thing. If That's I'm correct, <laughs> no, it's like it's so cool. It is so awesome. I can't wait for people to see it. So I might just wait and send one of those because it's just it's it's so cool. Um, But anyway, but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. But before we close out, I do want to give you a chance just to tell everybody where they can find you and let me put up your podcast um, where that can be found again. And
1: that started because I just thought we don't really hear much about the women's like Lydia Zeminoff. Her father invented Esperanto, but no one really knows about her. So I want Hazel Scott. She was married to Adam Powell. Junior, the civil rights activist, but no one ever talks about. Or like, they think the first Black American was this male, and it's actually her. And I just thought that was—it's nice to give their voices out. So yeah, Mm -hmm. thank you.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And then anywhere else, anything else you want to promote or anywhere that they can find you or where can people find you on social media?
1: And um, I'm usually Tara underscore Jabari on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and there's a who was she podcast, Instagram, Facebook page and interest. Uh, and yeah, please let me know. Should I take certain things down? Cause it's cultural appropriation I was not aware of. Um, and I thank you so much for this time. I learned a lot. I appreciate your patience with me. Well,
0: so. and I, I appreciate you. I really do appreciate you, um, listening and learning. And I learned stuff too. And I, I mean, that's the way we grow as people is yeah. by actually listening to each other and, um, learning and growing and we're all learning and growing, I think. And I think, Um, that's the best thing we can do is try and listen to each other and try to actually do something, not just say we're going to do something, but actually learn and grow from it and we're all going to stumble and fall. Um, but the big thing is having the courage to not courage. I don't want to say courage, but having, um, sorry, my brain is probably dying now, (laughs) knowing to, um, knowing when to try and do better and make yourself better and get back up and keep keep going but i just wanted to thank tara again for being on um and thank you to everyone who tuned in and watched and thank you so much bailey and carla for participating and for giving feedback and comments and it's always appreciated a lot this is erin You can follow me on Twitter at Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, anything like that, if you would like to be a potential interview guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And on our next episode, like I said, again, it's going to be a very, very not suitable for work episode, very adult, but we are going to talk about women and our relationship with eroticism and pornography. So once again, I'm going to stress that again, it will be marked explicitly, of course, and we will have warnings beforehand because I realize some of the stuff we might be talking about will be, tr- might be triggering for people. So please keep that in mind for the next episode. And next week's live stream, Meg is going to be back f- from the Bed, Wetter Behead podcast. And she's going to be joined by Paula and me. And we are going to be talking about something very different Um it's going to be book adaptations that we think or book like movies that we think or book adaptations that are better than the source material. So like, for instance, I think a river runs through it is better than the story it's based on. So we'll be talking about that. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing, black lives matter and stop Asian hate. Thank you again for listening to It's a Fandom Thing. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Our logo was designed by Brooke Belly with cover art by Carla Temmis. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Erin Amos. And our producer is Lila Tafola. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe. And remember, keep that fandom spirit alive.